Hi, this is Janelle Penny, Senior Writer for Buildings, and I'm here with Doug Pierce. Doug is the Director of Perkins & Will's Resilience Research Lab, and he's here with me today to talk about RELI, the Building Resilience Standard. Doug, what is RELI? RELI is, is a consensus standard that's very similar uh, in many ways uh, to LEED, if you think about how LEED works, how you do a certification, how you apply it to your projects. Uh, RELY functions uh, very similar to that. Uh, what's really different about it is that it's focused on resiliency. So it contains any number of requisites and credits that are focused on things like uh, climate change adaptation, uh, improving biodiversity, and social equity and social cohesion topics. So we cover extreme weather uh, preparations uh, and, and adaptations, uh, sea level rise, um, local economics, uh, improved uh, biohabitat, and, and a whole variety of things. What was the idea behind starting a new standard for resilience instead of um, adding more resilience credits to an existing certification? What ways is it different from the other standards and certifications out there? Well, when we started RELY, we started back in 2012, actually. So that's six, almost six or seven years ago. And it was really a very fresh topic at that time. And when we started, it was it was not directly part of the U.S. Green Building Council, which administers LEED. Um, RELY has been since been adopted by the USGBC, and that was uh, not this green build, but the previous one. Uh, so it was actually a standalone uh, rating system and certification. And we really started it in some ways with the idea of not only addressing resilience, which we thought was absolutely critical, um, but also in, in uh, a desire to create a more holistic uh, perspective on certification. So RELY is about three times uh, the size of LEED in really simple terms. It, it has a lot more credits, a lot more prerequisites. Um, so it's much more, it's much more uh, robust. So it was sort of, it was sort of a, the perspective was to uh, add in resilience, which had most of the other rating systems up through 2012, um, 2011, et cetera, uh, were basically focused on sustainability, which was great. Um, and we we wanted to start to fill the gap on resilience because that was becoming critical. Uh, so, Rely has includes not only sustainability but res, but resilience factors uh, as well. Great. Speaking of credits and prerequisites, what are some of the key tenets of Rely 2.0 uh, now that it's had its official launch at Green Build 2018? Well, some of the it has a series of categories, uh, much like LEED does. And one of the things that we did was we included a full category that's mostly focused on the act of planning and designing. So it has a series of credits that uh, support the activities of architects, uh, planners, engineers, and the entire process of pulling a project uh, together. So that's that is that's different from uh, almost all the other other rating systems or other standards that are out uh, in the world. So that's the first category. It's called uh, panoramic approach. Um, and then 
there's another category that's really focused on emergency preparedness. It's really basic things like, do you have a stockpile of water, some basic food, those kinds of things in case people need to shelter in place um, after any kind of crisis or event, whether it's a hurricane, um, maybe it's an extreme uh, snowstorm that people can't get home for the night, et cetera. So it has, it has basic emergency crisis components to it. Um, and then it also includes uh, hazard adaptation. So we get into um, climate change adaptation issues, everything from extreme rain uh, to riverine flooding, wildfire, uh, sea level rise, a whole variety of really mostly climate change driven topics and the sort of physical impacts of that. We also include some other man-made sort of crisis issues like shelter in place in case of a nuclear accident or other types of things. Um, and those are all, those are all fairly, uh, those are pretty pioneering at the time that we put those credits together in dealing with those things. Um, and then the next category really gets into social cohesion and social equity topics. And in some, some ways, uh, in some places, we, we reference existing lead credits, lead from ND, lead, or lead uh, for neighborhood development credits. Um, we reference some Envision credits, that's the uh, civil engineering uh, standard. And then we wrote a series of credits uh, as well. Uh, and those touch on just any number of basic activities that help improve social equity and social cohesion. So we have a credit that where that's really structured around a project providing um, access to the community or the neighborhood, or even the community inside of a building, uh, providing access to things like meeting space or um, in the case of a community, possibly it's a harvest kitchen or a tool share or a um, outdoor space or garden space, uh, just a whole variety of things that really help to bring around social cohesion. Um, we also have um, some unique credits on around uh, creating uh, organizations, a nonprofit, a cooperative, et cetera, that supports um, sort of resilient or green activities, uh, either in, within a organization, um, within a neighborhood, um, or other other types of uh, functions. And then there's credits that are focused on the classics, energy, water, um, uh, mo transportation, mobility, uh, around public transit, et cetera. And then human health and ecological health, healthy materials, um, a pretty wide range of credits. And in some cases, you might think of those as being sort of classic sustainable credits, and they are. Because um, what we didn't want to do is we didn't want to lose all the progress that's been made. Um, we've made a lot of progress in terms of water efficiency, energy efficiency, and um, you can't give any of that up with Rely. You have to do maintain all of that sort of forward momentum around sustainability, and then you layer on or layer into uh, your project these expanded resilience topics that we have uh, now included. Great. How does the new version that was announced at Greenbuild compare to the previous one? Uh, they're actually they're actually very similar. 
so there's there's not a substantive uh, difference between what we've been calling Rely 1.0 and Rely 2.0. Um, really what we did was we harmonized the language that's part of Rely with the uh, lead resilience pilot credits is, base, is basically what we did. So there are three pilot credits that are part of lead and those have been approved and those have been, those are available. Um, and if you take a look at rely and those pilot credits, they'll, they, the language in those two are fairly similar. Now the pilot credits that are part of lead, uh, really only address a very narrow component and aspect of resilience where as rely is, uh, dramatically more robust and comprehensive. What's the advantage for facilities professionals to pursue certifications that have some focus on resilience, whether that's RELY or um, the LEAD resilience pilot credits that you mentioned? Well, there's some really, there's some really basic things that are involved with it. Um, you know, as, as the climate changes, uh, we're seeing, you know, radically more intense rain events, uh, wildfire events, um, more extreme hurricanes, um, more flooding, et cetera. So there's, um, there's actually just straight up direct benefits to building owners in that their buildings um, will be more prepared uh, if, they're, if they're part of an event like that. Um, if they're in a hurricane or uh, they're, they're, they find themselves in the middle of a wildfire, um, or an extreme rain event, those kinds of things. Basically, the building is going to be in a, it's going to be more capable and more likely to literally weather that event um, and re basically receive less damage. Um, the occupants are more likely to stay safer at some level. Um, so, just from a direct property response, uh, there's if there's a crisis event, uh, the buildings, there's going to be less, uh, less property loss involved with it. Um, another, another side of that is that, um, you know, if you have a business that needs to stay up and operate, uh, operational, uh, either during a, during a crisis event, or you want to be operational immediately after it. And that actually is most businesses, um, by designing your 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 facility to be more resilient you're going to have better business continuity and that's really really essential to most organizations uh, in some form or fashion if you're a hospital then it's critical that you be able to stay online except for the most extreme events and hopefully you've been able to evacuate uh, prior to that um, and if you're uh, other types of businesses, uh, just the fact that you maybe go offline for a while uh, can can erode trust in your customers. Uh, so if you want to keep a strong brand, you want to make sure your customers maintain their loyalty and trust to you. You want to be you want to make sure your business is up and running, uh, either as quickly as possible after an event or Maybe it just continues to run right on through a crisis and they never see anything happen. So that's a, those are a couple of really basic components. There are also opportunities, a couple of other opportunities uh, 
that are available. One is uh, depending upon who the insurance company is that's insuring your building, uh, where you're located, those types of things, there can potentially be reduced insurance rates for projects. And uh, the sort of bigger, uh, a bigger goal for resilience and for rely is to actually, uh, for projects to be able to get cheaper costs of capital, lower cost mortgages or lower cost bonds, based on the fact that the projects are more resilient, which reduces the risk to investors. So uh, if you reduce your risk to investors, they basically provide you with uh, lower, lower interest rate loans, lower interest rate mortgages, those types of things. So there's several, there's several benefits uh, that go along with uh, doing a resilient project. Great. So how should we get started in uh, using these guidelines in our own buildings? I, m- I imagine uh, depending on location or climate, there are different ways that you might want to approach the credit catalog. Uh, yeah, actually, there's, um, there's, there's two or three ways you can sort of step into um, doing it. Um, the most, the simplest thing you can do is actually just do a risk analysis um, and identify the risks that are associated with your project based on where it's located. And you can use Rely as kind of a roadmap to do that. In fact, the very first sort of prerequisite in Rely is to do a risk study of your site. And uh, we find that to be a really beneficial first step. And then the second step uh, that we would recommend is doing a a resilience workshop uh, in much the same way that teams do a sustainability workshop. And those two things can be meshed together. They don't have to be separated. So you can do sustainable sustainability and resilience together. They they actually really are, uh, uh, they're very, very compatible with each other. Um, so a workshop is a really great way to go. And uh, particularly if you've done a sort of a risk study prior to the workshop. So you do a risk study, uh, you come into a workshop in which, and it's best if the workshop uh, can have some, some decision makers in it. Um, so that there can be sort of a, a general feel for um, how how far should the project go in, tor- in forms of resilience. So um, decision makers at the at the facilities level, uh, decision makers at the sort of uh, C-suite level uh, can be really helpful because each brings a different perspective and a different point of view to the project. And from there, once you do a, once you do an initial workshop, um, then you can sort of do an evaluation, essentially to see what kind of opportunities exist, what are the impacts of, uh, you know, taking certain strategies and unpacking them, and uh, bringing them to fruition in a project. What are the costs? Uh, what are the benefits? Those kinds of things. You can do some analysis work, and then. Once you've kind of gone through those three steps, you can make a decision about um, what what do you actually want to execute on your project. Great. Do you find um, in your architectural experience that there's a, I don't want to say a typical entry point, but like a more common first project or um, entry into renovating for resilience that people tend to take? Yeah, I think I think the most basic sort of thing that uh, people look at 
um, are what kinds of immediate immediate weather risks um, affect them in their area. And that's usually two or three, it'll be two or three things that are pretty, that are pretty potent. Um, so I, you know, it's obvious if you're in California, um, you clearly want to be looking at wildfire in, in most locations and in many locations, some, some locations, you know, that's in a really dense urban environment and you're out in the middle of that, maybe that's not a major issue. Um, in, um, in the upper Midwest, um, as another example, extreme rain, uh, torrential rain is a really serious issue. And uh, that's one that you're clearly going to want to take a look at in terms of risk. If you're on the coasts, if you're in the Gulf Coast or the East Coast, uh, hurricanes are obviously at the top of the chart. If you happen to be in Oh, in, in Texas, uh, you have a whole mix of things. You've got hurricanes and tornadoes and a wide range of topics uh, that are part of the blend. So that's usually sort of the first entry point into resilience for, for most projects. Um, now, if you're, if you're looking at, say, an interior renovation or an interiors project, um, you might want to just simply look at things like basic emergency preparedness. You know, do you have a NOAA weather radio that keeps track of extreme weather events and alerts people? Do you have emergency kits, you know, some water and food? And then from there, it you can trickle into social cohesion, even within an interiors oriented project. Do you have spaces uh, for your organization where people can clearly come together and get to know each other better than just their straight business sort of affiliations. Um, and that's the social cohesion part uh, component of this is very important for resilience because if there is a crisis situation, whether it's a short-term crisis or maybe it could even, it could be a long-term crisis as well, the ability for people to come together, work together, um, know who to reach out to in their community is really, really important. And you really only get that through this sort of cohesive interaction amongst people. And I think that's sort of the second tier of space that people tend to move in into. And then probably the third tier is really focused around um, sort of dealing with bigger environmental, longer term sort of topics that that influence resilience. Uh, biodiversity is a really good good look at that um, in terms of how can how can your project support uh, fundamental biodiversity because the loss of biodiversity uh, infringes on basically the capacity for ecosystems uh, to adapt to climate change. So how can we start using the RELY guidelines in our own buildings? Is there somewhere people can go for more information or um, even some resources you could recommend? Yeah, actually, uh, what's probably the easiest place to find resources is, and the easiest way to find it is to uh, go to Google and type in the word RELY and you spell that R-E-L-I. Um, so it stands for, it's kind of short for resilience list. Um, or 
uh, play off the term of rely. So it's R-E-L-I. And if you type that into Google, uh, it'll basically, the first thing that'll show up on your search response uh, is a, a link to rely and C3 living design. So that'll take you to a, spat, a splash page for rely. And there's a green button you click on, click on that, and you'll immediately take you to a, a location where there's a flip book that you can use to kind of go through what rely is. And then there's uh, resources that you can download. There's checklists uh, and a few other resources. So you can sort of, everything you need to kind of get yourself started is, is online at the uh, Rely uh, website. Great. Well, Doug, thanks again for joining me today. And thanks to all of you for listening. Uh, learn more about resilience strategies at buildings.com and from C3 Living Design and subscribe to the Buildings podcast on iTunes, Google Play and Pocket Casts. You'll never miss an episode. Thanks, everyone.